0: Welcome to the O Collective Just Like You podcast. We are Diana, Lindsey, Simona, and Eden. As third culture kids, we were never taught about intimacy, relationships, and sex. That is precisely why we created the O Collective. Listen to our podcast to learn what your parents or teachers never taught you about better sex, intimacy, relationships, and overall health. Today, we're talking to Anya, talented and smart friend who we know from our Nike days. Hi, Hi, Anya. Hi Anya! Hello! Hello.
1: Uh, How are you doing? I'm good. So excited to talk to you guys. I want to talk about so much more than egg freezing.
0: <laughs> we can talk
2: about
1: everything. It doesn't need, just need to be Everything. Egg freezing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hanya, why don't you give us a short introduction of yourself?
1: So I'm German-born Chinese, like you guys, third culture kid. And so you mentioned we knew each other from Nike. Before that, I was in management consulting and strategy. And now after, I think, 11 years of working, I'm taking a sabbatical. So I was in Bali doing Yin yoga training, sound healing, was in Sri Lanka, in Berlin, froze my eggs. Africa climbing Kilimanjaro last month and now for two weeks I've been in Mexico City this is why you see different time zones here.
2: you're making freezing your eggs sound like it's like one of the to-do lists (laughs) like that you need to experience like you know climb the Kilimanjaro surf in Sri Lanka take a course here freeze my eggs check 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 check
0: check. I'm learning Spanish so bucket list was also X. no not really but what an we- eat pray love moment in your life <laughs> <laughs> it is somehow it is
3: so Anya today we're going to talk about your freezing your ex process before we want to go into that a little icebreaker so could you give us three words to describe your intimate sexual self
1: oh my god this is, this is the question that I fear most hmm. I would say in the moment that's maybe not a word but okay
0: curious and
1: maybe a little vanilla
0: i think in a moment is good because that's something that we are constantly forgetting about to be present in the moment and we're constantly just doing the tasks that we have to do hustling make money go to our nine to five and we forget about everything else
2: but that's why you need to have intimacy and sex right that brings you back yeah yes or no yes yes okay yes but let's get into the hot topic why we wanted to talk to you today and we actually also saw there's a lot of talk about it in our community chats and we thought you're the perfect person to ask so today we're going to talk about egg freezing and we know that you froze your eggs it was a bucket list item first question is what made you consider it in the first
0: place
1: I mean, somehow I always, when I was little, I thought I want two kids, the first one when I'm 29 and then the second one two years later. And the older that I got, now I'm realizing I'm 33 and the biological clock is ticking and somehow I feel like I'm still not quite ready, whether that is partner wise, financially, whatever it is, right? It doesn't feel like the right moment to get pregnant. And at the same time, I think grandparents, parents all start kind of asking and I'm asking myself. So yeah, I thought about this over the last, I don't know, year or more I didn't really want to interfere with nature that much so initially I decided let's not do it but then my partner we decided to take a break and felt the urge of just booking an appointment and getting a little bit peace of
0: mind. Was there as you were doing research and you know made that that booking did you kind of find out when was a good age to do it or when was a good time to do it? Yeah, so I think actually I talked
1: with a friend that was already 30, she's 38. And she told me that she was researching and felt like she was a little too late. That gave me a little bit of a nudge to research a bit more. When I went to the doctor, they actually showed me how um, basically, usually you have the optimal probability of getting pregnant under 30, 35 is 25 to 30%. And then it drops significantly after you're 35 years old. What Um, is
2: this 25, 30%? When
1: you're just a normal, like in your good age, healthy woman, then each cycle, the probability of getting pregnant is 25 to 30%. (laughs) <laughs> so it's not that easy to get Fuck. pregnant <laughs> I, knew. I knew from a couple of friends they were trying and some even tried for like two three years and yeah. couldn't get pregnant so it's not like you decide and snap it happens but I think somehow in my mind I, I read this somewhere else like okay 30 onwards it's getting a little complicated, not complicated, but your fertility is not that great anymore. And basically after talking to the doctor, my conclusion was that after 35, it drops quite significantly. Actually the doctor that I went to in Berlin, he told me, Hey, if you're 33, you can also do it next year. And it's pretty much the same. Mm. And you don't need to do it super early. It's actually all the hormones are not necessarily that great for you. So I don't know what's the earliest to do it but probably don't need to do it super early yeah is
2: there a max the upper limit
1: uh it's not an upper limit but basically the older we get as our our kind of healthy eggs the proportion becomes less and so if you're freezing when you are 30 versus when you're freezing when you're 40 you're freezing less healthy eggs
2: Oh, we have this question for the can ask us already right now. What is the, what is an optimal amount of eggs or how many eggs are you freezing when you're 30 versus 40? It's all
1: very individual. So every time I was asking the doctor the same questions or like Googling, YouTubing, I think there's so many different answers. I, I personally, I got 17 eggs after the surgery, they took them out, but then there's only 13 that were healthy eggs from those so but that the doctor was saying is a really really good amount I have like two references of a friend who did two cycles so two months and she only got four eggs in total and then another one that had like 20 plus or almost 30 but then the downside is that you will feel super bad Because like your body, imagine you in one month, you produce one egg normally. And then with all those like hormonal stimulation, you suddenly have 30. That is a crazy toll on your body. So I kind of feel like I got lucky with my between
2: 10 to 20, I think. Sorry, I keep on like, I have so many questions right now, but if you get 17 to 20 eggs or 30 eggs, is the quality of the eggs the same as having just one or two eggs?
1: One thing to keep in mind is that freezing your eggs doesn't mean a guarantee, right? So it's just increasing the probability of you getting pregnant. And the way, for example, with my 13 eggs, there was a graph that showed If you freeze your eggs, you have 13 healthy ones, then the probability of getting one child is 60 to 70%. The probability of getting two children with that is 30%. If you have less eggs, then
2: the probability is basically lower. If you have more, then it's higher. So if I want a 100% success rate, should I go for double the amount of your eggs?
0: You
1: cannot eggs? get a 100%, like, you can't get a full 100%. Well, I, like
0: I feel like, the, like stuff like that is just, yeah. like, up to fate at that point. <laughs> like, if you are already going out of your way to do all of those things, then all of that is up to whatever, you know, happens, happens type of situation. I thought there was a really interesting topic that came up, like, when this this topic was being shared in our community was, a girl was asking if if 21 was too young to to freeze eggs so, and then an, another feedback was they, from their point of view of this person, they felt like it wasn't necessary because when you're 21, you're so young and there's so many things that you don't really know and you're not ready for yet. And your life changes so drastically when you get into your thirties. So I thought it was a really interesting recommendation was, which was not to do it in your twenties um, and wait until you're in your thirties to consider it. Was there anything that came up when you were researching about it that, Kind of was interesting about what's the youngest age or when is the best time or yeah, when to consider. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is totally this is my personal opinion. I would agree with the direction that you were describing. Because yes, in your 20s, you're so healthy. There's a lot of side effects actually of doing this. You might not want to take that into account because you can just have natural kids if you would decide to. And the probability is still pretty high. And then, like I said, I think so. If you imagine this graph of how how the amount or the proportion of healthy eggs reduces over time then 30s it's like this and then when it's 35 it suddenly goes down so the reason why I did it now with 33 is basically I think between 30 and 35 is a good time to do it earlier seems a little too early and yeah there's quite a few things to consider that what you're doing to your body do you really need that want that if you could have natural kits like why not when you're getting over 35 I think the probability of you having healthy healthy eggs healthy kids the natural way decreases so then
2: maybe if you consider
1: like doing something about
2: it. I was talking to a friend the last the other time or we're talking about how we are advancing as society we as women you know we're getting so many rights and we can do so much and there's technology and we have the responsibility to earn an income right now. And we have we can go into jobs that men can as well. So we as society or as women are progressing, but then our bodies are still so old school. Our bodies are still demanding from us that we have children around our 20th or 25th, 30s. While well, we're still trying to work to, to, to achieve something, to make a career and men can just do it. But we just need to keep this into consideration that, yeah, you need to you need to bring babies into the world. Yeah,
1: Um, I think I was talking with some friends in Berlin about this. There is a lot of like feminism, emancipation, I think, in Germany. But there is something about biology that we just can't change. We can't make us entire equal to guys because they don't have to pop babies or they don't have the gift of popping babies I also saw somewhere uh, a stat of the average age of pregnant or first time pregnant women in Germany rose from 24 to 31. So I think society somehow is being more okay with us getting kids at an older age. But I think biology, like you said, it doesn't change. And I felt this biological clock was one thing that I couldn't really control and it annoyed me somehow. And I mean, I, I actually, am not sure how good it is to really interfere to nature. So my goal would be not to use these eggs, but if I would have kids in the future to get pregnant the natural way, but also this thing gave me a lot of peace of mind. I have to say, after I did it in the summer, I felt super, super free, kind of like a huge stressor underlying stress stressor gave
0: yeah you're preparing something that you don't know what's going to happen in the next few years I had the same conversation with my dad actually because he asked me you know what's going on with me my brother my second brother just my middle brother just got married this year too so he felt like okay there's only Diana left And he was just saying like, I'm not trying to be sexist or against forcing you to be in a traditional way, but he was just saying biologically, your body at your age is going to significantly decrease the chances of like probabilities of of childbirth. And if you're going to do it, you should do it soon. I remember having the conversation with him that after he told me that I just said like, the world is so overpopulated there. I don't need to make any more kids. like. You know i'm i'm a female so i'm not carrying your family name and he was actually very defensive after saying like that's not my intention it's actually just because it, it's just there's nothing you can do about it and he even suggested for me to raise my eggs in taiwan but there's a catch 21 is also if you do it in taiwan there are rules about if you do want to use those eggs you must be with someone that you are married to not just anybody So that also limits kind of your decision making for the future if you take action in in that market.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the reasons why I did it in Germany was same to what you mentioned for Taiwan, China, it was the same, you can only be like not a single, you're married, you freeze a fertilized egg, an embryo basically, and I think it's more for health reasons. This is a random thing that I found out in Germany, you call egg freezing, social freezing, because it's out of social reasons rather than health reasons. Initially, I think they started to do this for cancer patients before they go into chemotherapy. So I think that's how research started on the entire topic.
3: And yeah, I also actually had a question about the risk of the procedure. Are there any risk evolved? Like does it impact your fertility afterwards, after you do the egg freezing process and the and the quality of the eggs that you're producing after?
1: I so it doesn't it doesn't impact or I mean I'm not a doctor, right? This is all from what I learned so far. It doesn't impact the egg like health afterwards, but there are a lot of side effects. Actually, I had to sign so many different papers. And also before uh, the anesthesia, there's everything in terms of you can gain weight. Someone like a friend of mine, she told me about, she was always like very easy, could eat everything, but then she would gain weight after that procedure. There is like all kind of gut health things in digestion that could happen. You can have headaches like a lot of lower abdominal pain, like lots of things that you think of when you're having your period, those things can happen. But also, I, I don't know, the probability is super, super low. That's why I decided to do it in the end after all anyways, but the ovaries can overreact to the hormones. So the size can increase significantly. And then maybe the tissue fluids, they can extend to your abdominal cavity. They can sometimes even go up to like, like impact lung and heart area, nausea, difficulty breathing, and then after the procedure it could have bleeding or like infections injures your cola lots of things lots of things you have to sign lots of things that i would recommend everyone who is considering doing this to read up on and know that they are taking this risk and evaluate whether it's worth taking this risk
3: so definitely a lot of things to uh, to evaluate and that people might not think about when they think about egg freezing because often you hear about we're going you're going through the process you get eggs out and then it's done what of all of these symptoms
2: that you just mentioned what did you uh, experience or what was your personal experience maybe you can also describe the process like from extracting or prepa- no preparing extracting to the after care or aftermath
1: yeah. Okay, so I actually went back on my pictures and like notes of the time to re remember the details of this. In the beginning, so I did this in in August. The total time was two weeks, fourteen days. I think when you research about stuff, depending on which country you research, and also if it's like two, three, four, or more years ago, the resigns changes constantly. So all of the processes are different, I noticed. So in the past, it's been like one month of hormonal injections or like different days. For me, it was 14 days. I went to the doctor five times, four times for like checks up, checkups and one time for the surgery. and. And even in the same cities, I did it in Berlin, one clinic, they wanted to have one month of observation before they would do it. And the other clinic, they were okay to start with your next cycle. So some like very obvious things that I noticed during this process, like you need to time it with your cycle. You can't just say like, I want to do it that day and it's done, but you need to figure out when is your next cycle, blah, 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 and pick the right date. So the first consultation, it was almost, I don't know, I felt like I felt grateful for doing a lot of research up front because the doctor told me a couple of easy things of like the probability and things like that. But he didn't tell me that much, I have to say. Later on, I read like all the like small prints on the contracts that I signed or the, the agreements and I learned some more with it. So I definitely would advise to research before then after the
2: decision research what before for instance what is something that they don't tell you about
1: the i think all the risks definitely Ah. and also how to do these so then the next thing is to order the medicine, which is also kind of funny because the the doctor in Germany referred me to a pharmacy in France to order them online. But then it was super hot in Germany. And they were like, hey, if we send this, we're not sure if the medicine really works out. So I wanted, I needed to wait a little bit until the heat wave was over. So it's something to consider that you need actually big enough space in your fridge to put this medicine in there. And when you have visitors, they might wonder like what's happening (laughs) with your So you have all these like packages of needles and medicine that you buy in one batch. And then, so I try to be quite um, disciplined. I didn't drink any alcohol for the month before, because I thought this is a really important thing. Any of these, I think everyone has their own decisions, but doctors recommend no alcohol. Then you start stimulating your hormones. And that, so the medicine that I had was called Pergoveris 300. It's like a pen purple white pen that I never put any needles into my body before. So I was looking at YouTube how to do these things. And it's a little scary, to be honest. So you had to like put in the needle, the fresh needle, and then because one pen is for three times, twist it to 300. And then you take a little like fat roll on your belly and stuck in the needle when you're exhaling. So you have to do this all to yourself and also like taking the pill. You have to be very specific with your timing. So I started, for example, at 9pm. And then every single night at exactly 9pm, you needed to do the same thing again. I would like over time, I would feel my belly kind of getting more bloated. So you could feel something is growing there. And then every two, three days, I went for an ultrasonic checkup to the doctor. And then they would, it was actually crazy. I never... I never experienced this feeling before to look at that screen normally, you know, in these health checkups, nothing really happens. It's just like this moon landscape there. The first time there were like two of these little bubbles growing. And then the doctor was like, this is this is an egg. <laughs> this is a follicle. And I'm like, wow, this is growing. And then the next time there were like five or six and then they were getting bigger. So It was quite intense to to see that happening. That was
3: pretty fast because your entire process was only 14 days. So with, yeah, in in two weeks, a lot of eggs were being created in your stomach.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the entire thing about putting all these hormones into your body is that usually you produce one egg um, per month in cycle. And then you just produce, I don't know, 16, 17 or whatever amount There is also a, there's also something that's called AMH levels that I would recommend if you're wondering whether you should freeze your eggs or not, you can get very easy blood test checkup. And then the doctor can do an estimation of like how many eggs you might get. It's all estimation. Nothing is for sure, but this is something that every, every woman can do just to see how like her health level basically is and how urgent it is because age is one influencer but the individual health level is definitely, yeah an influencer as well. Mm -hmm. And then four days before the surgery, there was another kind of hormone that it it was called cetrotide. And it's a different kind of needle, you have to like suck in liquid into a needle, then put into powder, mix it, suck it back in, put it into your belly. (laughs) And that um, inhibits the egg from or inhibits the ovulation. And then the last day 32 to 36 hours before something that I also noticed the doctor will always tell you like, Hey, next time you should come this time. You can't like put all these things in my calendar. I thought like, okay, for the next month, I'm just going to have all these schedules and then I'm going to go do other stuff, but it's very fluid. It all depends on like the ultrasonic picture. And then when you have to go the next time, especially the last few days, My like surgery time even changed one day. So I think you kind of want to have these things open, have a little bit more of an empty schedule around that time. Yeah. And then the last day you don't do anything. Uh, You're supposed to rest, not do crazy sports. Don't go to the sauna. You can have sex, funnily, I heard. And you then trigger the ovulation with the last kind of uh, thing. And then, and then comes the day, the day off, you go egg to- harvest.
3: <laughs>
1: egg harvest, <laughs> exactly. And you're on an empty stomach, no food six hours before, nothing to drink. You should wear something comfy because I didn't realize this before. I mean, I wore something comfy, but you're basically taking off, you're naked at the bottom, but you still wear something so you can wear out something a little bit more comfortable. And there was a little changing room. And then this chill area, there were two other women there. They just kind of woke up and were, it looked like people were high or just very sleepy from the anesthesia. I never did that before. So signing all these papers of like, there can be life-threatening complications. You might not wake up anymore. So I texted my parents before. I felt like my life was kind of flying by, but (laughs) no regrets so far. And then the procedure itself is super quick. It's 15 to 30 minutes. And you don't notice anything. What they do is kind of have a, what is it called? A vaginal probe or a needle. And then they suck out the follicles from your ovaries. So they look at a monitor, like an ultrasonic monitor. And then, but all of this, I didn't know of any of that. The The guy who did the anesthesia, he was like stroking my head. and was like, think of something nice from the past. And then I just felt kind of happy and passed out. And the next moment I woke up, I woke up in this chill room, had a little tea. And if anyone does this, definitely ask a friend or someone to pick you up because your reaction time will be super slow and you can't really drive or do anything. So yeah, hydrate after, have someone pick you up. To Simona's question, like after I explained this entire journey, for me, the only thing that I that I noticed was that I was a bit bloated or something was kind of growing inside of me. I had lots of bruises from the needles. So you need to kind of find a new space every day because it kind of get bruised and um, my friend who did it last year she got super emotional and cried all day the moment after the surgery when she woke up but i was expecting like emotional breakdowns or all of these things i was super aware but actually i didn't feel anything so i was i was very fine i was actually just Super relieved that I was alive. My friend picked me up. We had a nice coffee, breakfast. Um, Yeah, I'm really relieved that everything went well.
3: Yeah, very, very happy for you that everything went uh, went well and you have many, many healthy eggs. I think one of the things that people are wondering about is, so how much does the procedure cost? Are you able to give a little estimation and were there different prices for different clinics?
1: I... So I did some research asking around in Germany. I think the U.S. is more expensive. And then I think China and Taiwan weren't an option for me because of the kind of being married um, thing. In total, I think a little almost around €5,000 was the entire thing. Uh, in the beginning, I heard like, hey, if you do one cycle, it's uh, 2000 but then, why did it get up to five thousand? It's because you have all these different like side costs, um, and you they didn't sum up the medication and the actual procedure. So those are the big chunks that I had to pay for, like two thousand for the the syringes and the medication. That I ordered from the pharmacy, and then the other was um, the actual procedure. And then the other side costs are you need to do like an HIV test, hepatitis check, then they need to order like specific um, needles, you need to have like I don't know, I think it was 250 for anesthesia, and then there's these freezing costs. So in Germany, it's Or the one that I had was 40 euros a month. They get booked off every six months. And I think, yeah, that's basically everything.
2: So So it's 5,000 euros um, initial cost. And then per year, you pay 500 euros to keep them fridged, frozen. (laughs) So on on a yearly basis, you pay 500 Actually that's pretty okay because I think I can remember that when we started talking about it that we were budgeting 10 to 12000 euros for it. 5000 yeah. seems reasonable in a way.
1: Yeah, it's less than what we learned in the beginning. Yeah. And I think one reason is whenever you're looking up costs if they are from um, a longer time ago, they are definitely the costs are changing every
2: year. What what were the costs and like, was there any country in Asia where you could do it? Or is it for us only Europe?
1: I, I only looked at China and Taiwan. And then at that time, because of the COVID restrictions, I didn't look at other things.
2: What would it cost there?
1: I heard in Bangkok, you can do something as well.
2: I heard as well, but I think we talked about it as well. And we heard as well that again, that you need to be have, you need to have a partner when you want to have and another consideration
1: was that I mean our lives change and this is something a little bit more long term for me it was a consideration to go kind of to a home country or where you could imagine to actually get pregnant and that's another thing to consider
2: was it easy to get that appointment in Germany? Like is there a waiting line for it?
1: Oh, that's interesting. I called the three clinics that my friends recommended after some research. And two of them had a really long waiting line, the one that I went to as well, but I kind of convinced them and they squeezed me into the schedule because I told them I'm only here for a certain time. And I really, really want this. I came all the way from Asia to Berlin and
2: yeah, we made it happen. Oh, I need this story. (laughs) I'll remember this. What, what, What were the waiting lines, the times for your friends or what did they initially tell you? Uh, actually
1: they told me initially like I have to wait until after Christmas like half a year or something yeah I think definitely need to think or plan in advance yeah and also something that after I looked around a little and I was expecting these emotional breakdowns I made sure that I was in a kind of like a good environment it was summer in Berlin and my friends were there kind of just not being on the run and on the go all the time. I think that's important. If you are someone who gets emotional, or I think um, how you how you behave or how you feel during your period is an indicator for what these hormones could do for you. This is not doctor's advice, but my my hypothesis. It's good to be in a good
2: environment. So from, from start, making an appointment to finish, like being done with everything, it's around about eight to nine months then. It really
1: depends then- where you get, if you get an appointment, because once you get an appointment and then depending on if they want to observe you for a month or not, if they don't want to observe you, the fastest that you can do is uh, three weeks. Sorry, if you time it right with your cycle, actually, I was observing my cycle and I went to the doctor right in that time that I thought I still have a week until it starts. Then, yeah, that's a month, basically, that you can consider. But if you don't get an appointment, it could be a very long time.
2: Well, um, I think. Regarding the process, we fired all of the questions. Do we have anything around the the process of freezing eggs, the cost, the location? It is more than just going to the doctor and freezing your eggs. You think you have the you can do this in an afternoon, but it's like such a lengthy process, and also. Was something interesting that you said, I didn't even think about is I, my doctor told me about it when I told him like, maybe you want to get pregnant, maybe not. And he told me before, like, yeah, if you are planning to, you need to make sure that you drink. He told me three months before you start inception or start trying, you shouldn't drink no drugs, no alcohol, be in a good state of mind. And then also for your partner to do the same, but actually for freezing your eggs, it's the same because- yeah, you want to prepare your eggs, make sure that you have the most optimal eggs. So you, that that preparation process already starts a couple of months in advance, making sure that you're in your optimal health and that you produce the best eggs ever. Yeah. So much to take into consideration.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely something. And then um, I know quite a few who have done two cycles. Um, I decided to only do one cycle after I knew that I had these um, like 13 eggs, If you do a second one, that's also something stupid I only thought about when I actually wanted to do it, is that you should do those back to back. Because I was thinking like, oh, I might do one cycle here and then like I'll go travel a little bit and come back and do it next year. But if you are already struggling to produce enough healthy eggs, then means If you're doing it the second month after, you already have hormones in your body and then the probability is higher. So that's something to take
2: into consideration as well.
0: I think that's a really good point actually to remind is it's not like you can just do it whenever you want, but actually, your body is going through so much in that process that you do want to keep going. I have a lot of friends that are close to their 40s and they've been doing IVF, and it's the same situation where they're just nonstop doing it until they get pregnant. And then they go through the process of getting pregnant, then miscarriage early, then going th- and immediately the doctors are just saying, like, go back into it because your body is the most, you know, so like fertile that. and the hormones are the highest in this moment. So the amount of just like work that you put your body through for, for this is, is really, really rough.
2: I'm just gonna make babies oh. the natural way. It seems <laughs> <laughs> this this is scary. Well, okay. The second part that we wanted to touch upon, um, looking at us for Asian females, third generation kids, or no, third culture kids, immigrant kids, whatever you want to call us, is also the Asian perspective. You already mentioned that you had grandparents or aunties are parents ask you about it. What was their perspective? How did they respond to you freezing your eggs?
1: I think my parents are quite open-minded at this point. (laughs) Maybe they already gave up on me, (laughs) but uh, I think they they were supportive. I'm not sure they realized all those side effects. I also, I mean, I communicated a bit of it, but I did this kind of on my own in Berlin with friends yeah they were supportive and I think yeah my mom and my dad they they are not pushing in a very uh, extreme way but they have been wondering like hey about kids and like now my grandpa actually passed away and he actually really wanted to see grandchildren but yeah, this is how life is, and yeah, they have been quite supportive of it.
2: That's amazing. And that, have they always been supportive about it, or did they push you first to have it the natural way?
1: <laughs> I think they've been, they've been okay. They've been holding back. It's like you can tell they want to push, but they are. Res- restricting themselves um which i really respect and i'm thankful for it shines through from time to time and i think at this point they are just happy if there is a higher probability of getting kids (laughs) and so yeah
2: that's amazing good parents i have the parents that every time i call them and that's maybe twice a week the first question is when are you having kids you're old it's time. You're not that young anymore. What do you think you're doing? Yes. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.
1: I think we had a couple of these like more intense conversations and I made my point clear that, yes, I'm doing all that is in my power, but um, seeing all the divorces and like, I, I don't think they would want me to be like a, how do you say, like a working mom by herself,
0: my arguments reached their their heads. <laughs> my my response was the world is already overpopulated. I don't need to make any more children <laughs> in this world, <laughs> in this life.
2: How did your dad respond to that?
0: He was like, No, I'm 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 not telling you you have to. He was he was very, oh. you know, like that's understanding coach.
2: though from your dad.
0: Yeah, he 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 was like thinking I was overreacting actually. <laughs> He's like, my, oh, it's okay. You can do whatever you want. I'm just saying, like, your biological clock. This is the reality. Maybe you can consider other options. If you want to adopt, that's fine. And yeah, you guys so, have but, such like,
2: understanding parents. Yeah, yeah, quite understanding an and open minded. My parents were like, like, so the first part is you need to have kids, okay, and then that's the first talk. And then I will have my rant about yeah but you know career and i want to have i, I want to meet i want to prepare myself and the future family for the best and you guys didn't have it wasn't the optimal relationship and they come up with all these reasons and they do not understand and they'll just be like no but having kids is epitome the of, of the goal the biggest goal they're like listen to us trust us we're now this age there is 61 and they're like you guys are the one thing that we did not regret in life like you will regret later on not having kids we are now so grateful for having the two of you have a little sister for having the two of you knowing that the two of you are there that you have a sister also so you have some company but also when we get older that they have somebody to take care of them or at least there is some just family that will care about them and they'll, they won't have, end up alone. It feels like it's also a little bit about, about themselves rather than about me. But, <laughs> but in maybe, the end, they say maybe, it will make you happy. This is something that will make yeah. you very happy and you will not regret yeah. it. And they just keep on hammering about that.
0: For sure. But maybe also, Anya, your parents are academics, right? They're professors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is my dad. So maybe that's also another reason they're more reasonable. <laughs> reasonable yeah they're more open-minded because they have sort of this experience they understand kind of you know they're 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 working with people our age all the time and they're probably seeing the reality of of the world and society today so yeah. I think my dad is pretty good about always being very understanding that we live in very stressful times we didn't, they didn't have to worry. They had, they had different worries. They had a lot of worries, but they were they're very different to ours. So they're much more understanding in, in that aspect.
1: Yeah. I think the entire process of freezing my eggs also made me think more about whether I want kids or not. I think I haven't really um, talked with my parents like in a deeper way regarding whether to have kids. So they're quite open-minded regarding this. Procedure of egg freezing and they were supportive. I haven't quite made up my mind regarding whether or not I want kids, but thought about it a lot. Talk with people who are like, okay, the world has enough kids. It's even selfish because you just don't want to be lonely when you're old. Uh, on the other side, it's like the biggest thing in life and it opens up other possibilities of feeling love. So there's definitely both sides. I think... There's still a really high chance of me wanting kids and that's why I decided to do this.
3: I think don't go down that conversation with parents the conversation of I'm thinking maybe I do not want to have kids. That's another another bomb <laughs> in life. <laughs> yeah,
0: let's not drop that bomb yet. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a couple friend like um uh, a friend and they so her husband has a little brother and they don't want to have kids and mostly it's because his wife doesn't want to have kids and essentially they are like dead to the parents I mean they still talk to them and love them but they like are out of the will like it's very dramatic they're out of the will my friend is like the best daughter-in-law in in the world now she's number one and she had a boy, and they wanted a boy as a first child. So she's just done everything right. Yeah. So he has like, I guess he's, her son is like the priority in their family now. And her husband's younger brother, all of them are just cut from everything. They don't get anything after the parents wow. pass.
2: Wow. That's old school. Yeah. Yeah. need to strategize very, about
3: very- how to tell parents yeah tell them i'm infertile so that's why i do not want <laughs> to have <two>
0: <laughs> but if my you parents... say that you know that's like bad bad juju like it's also like bad Correct. Putting... Yeah. yeah like you don't want to put that karma on on yourself <laughs> it's
2: like are your parents open for adoption my parents are not even open for that those no, are other parents people are asian can't yeah
1: haven't (laughs) talked about it with them yet just like Wingsy said I think one step at a time tackle those things that are actually something that needs decision or support or like inform them that you're having a surgery I think all the other things let's talk about it when
2: it actually becomes a thing don't stir up anything if there's there's nothing happening yet why would you yeah
0: that's true yeah. yeah like uh, me telling my dad that I'm probably maybe I'll just adopt and never have children because nobody loves me
2: <laughs> yeah maybe not that's not that's not, that's idea not, idea like. that's not. <laughs> yeah not true that's
0: not true a, a good idea, idea.
2: yeah my dad not.
0: Like, okay you can do that but you know I love you it's okay if nobody else loves you
2: <laughs> we love you Diana what are you talking <laughs> so about It's
0: so dramatic I'm just being dramatic because he brought it up, very casually brought it up, not even seriously. <laughs> I mean, those topics really
1: trigger emotions. I feel like yeah. when I have like more dramatic conversations
2: with my parents, it's always about family, kids, partner.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, just going on with the egg freezing. If we were talking about having partners and not having partners, some people are actually going into the egg freezing process with a partner. Um, do you have any recommendations for those partners of the people who are going into egg freezing process? Is like, do they need to prepare? Do they need to think about anything? Do they need to take extra care of the person who is having their eggs frozen?
1: I talked with a friend um, that was or is considering doing this. And she was talking with her boyfriend regarding splitting the costs. I didn't even think about that uh, when I when I started this process but if you are in kind of a, a long-term relationship and doing this as a couple um, it's something to to think about in terms of caring and everything else yeah I think it can be quite a I think I got lucky with how I felt how smooth it went I definitely heard quite a few horror stories and I think the biggest thing that or not the biggest thing the most common thing is that it takes an emotional toll on you so I think just having someone who's there for you and cares for you picks you up but also like when you're doing your first kind of like step into your belly I think yeah it's great to have someone who's supportive.
2: I am curious right now about the woman that you just told about them splitting the cost. What about if they split up? What happens to that? Does he still have ownership of the eggs? I don't the, know. Do they discuss I that? Do you do that? I don't think I can go back and ask
0: yeah, her. No, but... no, that's fine. <laughs> not, Mona, you're stir... like stirring the pot.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. it, it just came into my mind. They like, were going to yeah. be together it's like forever. A okay. You don't really want to talk about these things
0: yet. Yeah, let's, <laughs> not, let's, not, let's not
2: stir up anything now. Nope.
0: Anya goes back and she's like, "My friend wants to know if you guys break up, what happens? Who <laughs> <laughs> gets custody of the eggs?" We'll yeah, exactly. this podcast to her
1: and see what happens.
3: It is. Yeah. An I wouldn't question. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if any if celebrities are doing this that they would sue each other and say, "I need, I want the the eggs because I paid for it." So I wouldn't be. I'm gonna Google this tonight. <laughs> what if what, what I-,
1: I think i mean actually the funny thing in berlin i had to sign kind of like egg donation documents because basically you're doing a process of like you're giving the eggs to another place that's freezing them for you but still you have to like give them away i can't imagine that the guy would have some kind of ownership because they are yours but if they paid for them, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting.
2: Maybe
0: also, but also to did your, consider. did yes. your friend not in, they didn't make like embryos, right? She no. just froze her eggs. Oh, no. okay. but she
1: hasn't done it yet because we kind of talked about it at the same time. And, and I just kind of not jumped the gun, but I just went ahead and did it because I wanted to get it out of my way. Because I think it's different when you have
0: an embryo, like you've created, yeah, yeah, like you've combined, then for sure he has custody over that egg.
3: So Anya, we're coming to the end of our interview. The last question is for women who want to freeze their eggs, what is your number one recommendation? Or thinking about?
1: I mean, we talked a lot about things. I think, yeah, definitely look up all the side effects. Talk to people that have done it before. Feel out what is it that you want and what life stage you're in. W- why are you doing this versus not the natural way? Is that worth it? And yeah, I think this is this is something big, I'd say. Like going through it, even though it's just like, yeah, you're going to the doctors and I, I did it step by step. But yeah, this is quite a big thing. There's like life involved. So really have a good think about it.
2: I have one more question. Would you would you still do it? Consider doing it if you were 40.
1: I think if I would be 40, I'd just try to see if I can find someone that <laughs> I can have a or like yeah, a partner that wants to have kids with me because. Um, At some point, you also need to consider the amount of energy it takes to raise a child, but also to be pregnant and go through those nine months. I think I'm trying to buy myself a little bit of time, but I'm not aiming to go for like many, many years. I don't think that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah. But everyone has their own perspective. I think at 40, the health of your eggs is not that great anyways anymore. So whether it's worth to kind of go for this entire procedure versus just trying to, to get pregnant
2: is something to think about. You always hear these stories like, oh no, they're, they're, my friend or my my sister, they had kids when they were 40 and they were perfectly fine. I shouldn't even worry about it. But then you also have these horror stories, of course, of people that are 29 and can't have kids anymore. So yeah. Yeah, so
1: that's why I think I would recommend, maybe that's my one recommendation. You can get your AMH levels checked It's a simple blood test. See how you are kind of on this entire spectrum of things, how urgent are things or not.
2: That's a good one. You told us about this before. AMH levels. Get it tested out. See where are you at with your eggs, how healthy they are, how your blood is? And if the levels do, is there is there a certain cutoff point where they say, okay, now, it's, now you need to go start freezing your eggs? Otherwise- I think the doctor
1: that you would do it with, they would be able to give you the best recommendation. There is definitely a healthy range, um, but better to go to the doctor and then she or he would tell that in a better
2: you- way. Did they just test it with you? Because I think I tried a couple of times with my doctor. And they're like, we will only test you if you're actually trying to conceive. If you have no problems to conceive, we're not going to do any tests on you. And it's a very Dutch no, approach. No. So you can um, just go to the doctor and ask for it. Yeah, they even in
1: China, it. you can do it. And it's quite cheap. Good recommendation. Simona, we should do it when we're in Thailand.
2: Yes, let's do it. Let's Friend do it. activity. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, we've come to the end of the podcast, I think. Thank you so much for sharing your insights, Anya. If people want to follow you or if they have more questions, what is the best way to reach out to you or to follow your hummingbird journey?
1: (laughs) My Instagram is Ciao Anya. Ciao like Ciao Bella, the Italian Ciao. And Anya, like my name, A-N-J-A. You can DM me if you have any questions regarding this entire journey. But also, um, I've been on this kind of like leaving the corporate world, wondering about what is the next step going back or starting something of your own, trying to see if I can like have some designer illustrator life. I told you guys we're thinking about opening a dumpling and wine shop in Mexico City. So um, yeah, lots of things. What
2: about and setting some see. vibes with it? <laughs> yes, maybe there will be like a little <laughs> showroom. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Ciao, Aina it is. All right, follow Cho Anya. Thank you so much, Anya. Anya. Ah, Ciao, so Anya. Much, Anya. Ciao, Anya. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, Anya.